This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heart Bloom Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I help others love and discover themselves to reach their highest potential. And today we have a very special guest, Rob White, who's going to share with us a little information about being in the maestro monologue controlling yourself talk. Definitely stay tuned and enjoy this conversation. Hello, I am here with Rob White, the author of Maestro Monologue, and I am so excited to have him here. He's going to share with us a whole host of information. So welcome, Rob. Well, thank you very much. I truly appreciate being on your, your show and thank you for having me. Absolutely. So could you just give us a little background about yourself and a little bit about your book? So about myself would be born in a small mill town on the wrong wrong side of the tracks uh, in a community fraught with alcohol and and a lot of fighting, Mm -hmm. arguing amongst neighbors, family, Um, And having to die of who I was, the I am that I had put myself together, assuming that's who I was, listening to those conversations many Mm -hmm. times in my life that I might take myself to higher and higher uh, levels of living. Mm -hmm. And so my whole book is about that. The Maestro Monologue is the conversation I continually had to have with myself about myself. Mm. You see, what I discovered was when we are born, we're born into a conversation and it's mm. a family conversation. And if it's fraught with thoughts of uh, no and, uh, and there's a lot of arguing and that's what you assume you are. Everybody hears 60,000 no's um, by age five. So everyone ends up with an unwanted mental house guest. Mm -hmm. Uh, I call it that, the intruder. Mm -hmm. Now, some of us hear much harsher no's than others, but no one escapes the no's. Mm -hmm. So everyone has two selves. Everyone has the self that they are that is absolutely them. They're born, the maestro, fully capable of orchestrating their life, Mm -hmm. designing their earthly destiny. But then there's the other self, and that's the self that I speak of at length that you must confront and deal with. And that's the self you put together during childhood moments of fear and pain. Mm -hmm. And that self is who we give most credence to. Mm. As a matter of fact, the, the problem with human beings is we're the only beings on this planet that can contemplate themselves. Mm hmm. And. We contemplate ourselves based on the conversation we were born into. Mm. And if we don't create a more empowering conversation with ourselves about ourselves, we're stuck with it for the rest of our lives. Oh, wow. And this intruder, by the way, never goes away. Mm -hmm. The intruder is here to stay. Mm. 
you will you it was born two years after you were born during the terrible twos when you started hearing no Mm -hmm. and it continues to thrive every time it has an opportunity to remind you that you're flawed because that's what the twos taught you about yourself Mm. by age five everyone was asking what's wrong with me Mm-hmm. And the intruder loves to tell you what's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. For in fact, the intruder needs you to feel flawed for it to thrive. Mm-hmm. So in the Maestro Monologue, I had created an inner dialogue that I had with myself that helped me to call an MD. No, not a medical doctor, a marvelous denial on the lies the intruder would tell me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, uh, I'm not everything. I'm just flawed, inadequate, unworthy, don't deserve it, born on the wrong side of the tracks. Yes, 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 says the intruder, and that's how it thrives. Mm, mm-hmm. It's illusory. It's, 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 it's not, it's fiction. Yet we listen to that fiction more than we do to the fact, our intuition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So my whole book is about the fact that we have to be willing to confront the intruder, not cover it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, when right now, when my intruder imposes on me and has me feeling nervous or insecure about anything mm-hmm. or embarrassed or awkward, mm-hmm. I say to my computer, I see you there. I see you there right now feeding me a lot of lies about myself, marvelous mm-hmm. denial. Those, in order for me to feel insecure, inadequate, unworthy, I have to be lying to myself. Mm. It's my self-talk. It's my conversation with myself about myself that has me feeling inferior. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, if someone says to me, you're a jerk, I, and if I say I'm offended, what's important to get is, I'm not offended that that person said I'm a jerk. I'm offended mm-hmm. because I'm agreeing. If I don't agree, I shrug my shoulders and say, geez, I'm sorry you feel that way. What can I do to clean that up? Mm-hmm. If I get all dramatic about it, the reason I'm getting all dramatic about it is I'm agreeing I'm a jerk. Mm-hmm. I wish I wasn't. I'm really angry you figured that out and how rude of you to tell me the truth about myself. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that's uh, what my book, The Maestro Monologue, is about. And what is interesting about it is, you see, affirmations don't work. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you why they don't work. Mm-hmm. When I say I'm ha- happy and healthy and feeling whole and complete, and I love the world and the world loves me, it's usually the intruder, the other self, the counterfeit self, the illusory self that's saying it. Because underneath, you know, the reason I'm saying it is because I don't feel happy and healthy and whole, and I don't feel like the whole world loves me. Mm-hmm. So when you are affirming something positive about yourself, it's because you're f- feeling negative about yourself, and that reinforces the negative thinking. Mm-hmm. Before you should ever come to me, I'll talk about me, and everyone can apply it to their lives. Mm-hmm. come to affirming anything positive about themselves, they first must confront the lies they're holding in their belief system mm-hmm. that have them doubting what they are affirming. Mm-hmm. 
And then when you can get to a clearing where you get that, in fact, you are the maestro. You are fully capable of orchestrating your daily affairs and, and, and creating a life that would absolutely thrill you and satisfy mm-hmm. you with good for all concern. That's who you were born as. And when you were a small child before those 60,000 no's gripped you, you knew that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to be an astronaut. No, no, <clears throat> I'm going to be a fireman. Oh, no, no, I'm going to be a doctor. <clears throat> Nothing could stop your, your, your visions of enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. By age 11, after having heard the 60,000 no's by age five or six, and then living them out in your world, going to school, and expressing those no's unconsciously and reinforcing them. By age 11, no wonder you have the topsy-turvy teen years coming Mm, because you don't have a clue who you are. Mm -hmm. Because you have a wrestling match going on between the maestro and between uh, the the other self, the intruder. Mm -hmm. So so that's what... That is the biggest challenge for any human being on the planet is themselves. Mm-hmm. No, oh, other, yeah. no other creature has that challenge. You see, a squirrel is a squirrel is a squirrel is a squirrel. And it mm-hmm. gets up, it's born into squirrelness, and it lives in squirrelness, and it doesn't doubt its squirrelness, and it trusts its intuition, and it lives a wonderful life of self-expression as a squirrel. Mm-hmm. A human being is born as a possibility for infinite possibilities. Mm-hmm. We crawled out of cra- caves and, and stepped into high rises, got off the back of mules and stepped into the leather seat of an automobile, learned to walk on planet Earth and have even had our humanity walk on the moon. Mm-hmm. That gift, though, comes with an incredible curse. Because we can decide who we are, mm-hmm. as opposed to a squirrel who never gives that any thought, mm-hmm. we can certainly put a lot of problems on that decision. And that comes with the 60,000 no's that have convinced us something's wrong with me. Mm. So that's the wrestling match we all have as a human being, as humanity. The wrestling match is there's something wrong with me. You talk to a polar bear, if you could. There's not a <laughs> polar bear. <clears throat> Matter of fact, the only other creature on this planet we can convince there's something wrong with them, mm-hmm. not even a cat. Tell a cat you're a bad cat and it just looks at you. Yeah. Dogs, unfortunately, we can convince them, bad dog. That's yeah. a bad boy. And That's watch true. their little face and their eyes go down and they're ashamed of themselves. That's the only other creature. And we teach them that. Yeah. Now, we, our parents taught us that unwittingly. Their parents taught them that, whose parents taught them that. that. See, we don't, we say no to our children lovingly for, that, for their self-caring so they don't harm themselves. And sometimes because they're driving us crazy. <laughs> but they don't, they aren't able to interpret no's any other way than there's something wrong with me. Rejection. Every time I try to do something, I'm hearing a big, fat, harsh no. Mm-hmm. And so that's what is the biggest curse to humanity is herself, himself. 
with mm-hmm. his self-talk that is, uh, that is, well, it's just self-depreciating self-talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love all of that. I, I mean, I love your approach to everything, especially in regards to the affirmations, because when you explain, you know, how everything breaks down, I mean, it's really up to you to decide about, you know, who you want to be. And so I get it as far as like kind of battling with yourself to say, oh, I'm unworthy. No, I'm not unworthy. I'm great. You know, it's kind of like, it's just going back and forth. But if you kind of just live into what it is that you're aspiring to be or to, you know, focus on whatever the case may be, you'll just be that. And there's no real need for affirming uh, something if you already believe you are that, you know, does that make sense? spoken. See, when you are, when you are that, there's no reason to affirm that. For example, Mm -hmm. when you are happy, you are happy and you express happiness and you experience happiness and you don't Mm -hmm. have to spend five minutes affirming, I am happy, I am happy, I am happy. (laughs) When you are unhappy and you you do experience unhappiness, and so you decide, I will smear, I am happy at top of that, and then I'll be happy, that's an affirmation. Mm -hmm. You are reinforcing, I am unhappy. Mm -hmm. Every time you insist you're happy when you're unhappy, you're reinforcing, I'm unhappy. Mm -hmm. So... The same with, I met a lot of folks. I took a lot of seminars, workshops, met lots of folks. And then I know some 10 years later, 20 years later. And these are with the greatest of seminar and workshop gurus. And they will say to me, these folks, you know, I love the workshop. I did it. I did everything I said. And here I am 20 years later, still the same person I was back then. Mm. And then I say to them, that's because the intruder took the course, mm-hmm. not the, not the maestro. <clears throat> Matter of fact, the maestro doesn't have to take the course. Mm-hmm. The maestro is the maestro is the maestro. Mm-hmm. I, I think of so many uh, uh, powerful people who are powerful in the world and loving and kind and gentle ways and have made a lot of money. And I've met a lot of those and I've asked them, what courses or books did you read? I have one friend, very close friend, who's the kindest and lovingest, nicest, guy and he's a billionaire uh, ed's his name and i say ed what courses or books did you read huh like that mm-hmm. you know what self-help books no i don't read self-help what you know did you go to a seminar no well i mean how do you feel so confident well i just i just see myself as successful i don't work at it i just look in the mirror and there's a successful guy i just feel that Mm-hmm. Well, how did he get there? Well, right. apparently his 60,000 nose A was soft. Mm. And certainly he feels awkward in certain situations, like he went to take ballroom dancing classes with his wife and was awkward and felt embarrassed. Well, see, his intruder did manage to jump in and say, what are you doing? You don't have any rhythm. What are you, out of your mind? <laughs> so we don't. no one doesn't have the intruder, but some folks have one that isn't able to intrude as much. Mm -hmm. So when I was born in a small mill town, I had a small mill town mentality. I thought it was be tough, tougher than the world, and then you'll make it. 
uh, and do whatever you have to do to, to get at the top of the heap in the small mill town. <clears throat> and that could include uh, exaggerating, lying, cheating, stealing. What do you got to do? Do it mm-hmm. in minor ways. But all of that reinforced I'm inferior. I, I, I'm inadequate and mm-hmm. I'm unworthy. So when I went to college, which was for me to even get it, I, I applied and took the SATs and blah, 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 and got into college, mm-hmm. which shocked me because I wasn't used to being someone who was supposed to be advancing my life. I was supposed to be someone who stays in the small mill town, works in a local factory and gets married, has four kids, becomes a weekend alcoholic and probably gets a divorce. I mean, that's what you do. Mm. And that's what, you know, it's not like I knew there was other stuff you do. That's what most people do. That's Mm -hmm. what I thought. That's what I saw. Mm -hmm. Well, when I went to the university, by the way, I never left that small mill town until I was 17. I mean, I didn't go 10 miles outside of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know ten. I didn't know there was a universe beyond that. When I got to a university, I was shocked to see there were all kinds of other people there mm-hmm. thinking other than the way I did. Mm-hmm. And I unconsciously understood because I wasn't able to rationalize it back then. I'm going to have to die of who I am, and mm-hmm. that's my small mill town mentality. Now, I couldn't say that intellectually, but I I felt it intuitively. Mm-hmm. And I started letting go of all the I am's that went with being born and raised in a small mill town. Mm-hmm. And so I fit in after the first year, not immediately. I felt very awkward and shy, but that, I, that showed up. By the way, you want to know how awkward and shy showed up for me? A loudmouth, arrogant braggadocia. Ah. So don't think awkward and shy has to show up like quiet and uh, a wallflower. Mm. Oh, no. I was Mm. obnoxiously overbearing. That's how my awkward and shy shows up. Oh, wow. It's a cover-up. Yeah, Mm. it's overcompensating. So by my sophomore year, when I realized I had to die of that I am Mm -hmm. that was so pushy and insistent, and arrogant and always quick to get angry if I intended to survive, let alone have friends, mm-hmm. I died of that I am mm-hmm. and allowed naturally myself to become more inquiring. Well, when I finished college, I got an opportunity to run back to the small mill town and teach. The principal said, come on back here. And I thought, and my parents thought, oh God, this is beautiful. You'll be a hero. Look at you. Factory worker. Nobody ever went to college in our uh, family, factory working family members, and you're a teacher. But I understood that if I did that, I'd be stepping right back into the I am I was. So I took all of my belongings, which fit in the back seat of my car, which I had purchased one my senior year uh, in college, and drove to the big city of Boston all by myself with no friends in Boston, with no contacts in Boston, and not any, even any idea of where I was going to sleep the first night mm-hmm. or what I was going to do. And that trip from Amherst, Massachusetts to Boston, Massachusetts, maybe 80 miles, was the scariest trip of my life. I was like on in a rocket ship going to another planet. And I knew intuitively I wasn't able to speak it intellectually yet. I'm going to have to die of who I was 
as a student if I'm going to go out there in the working world and make it. I don't mm -hmm. have any I don't have any contacts. So I got that we die over and over again. As a matter of fact, as a small infant, I had to die. And of course, when I say I, it's all of us. And I had to die of being one who crawls to be one who walks. I had to right. die of being one who mumbles to one who talks. I had to die of being illiterate to being one who can read and write. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't think about that. But what I get is small children have to die consistently to mm -hmm. grow and become big, full-grown adults with many more talents and skills and strengths than they had as small children. You, me. Mm -hmm. The problem is most people stop dying of the I am they are by 18 and by age 78 and 88, they're still 18. Mm -hmm. Still acting like they did. I have a friend. I love him dearly. He's Italian. And he flails his hands when he speaks. And I say, God, you you flail your hands when you speak, don't you, John? And he says, that's just the way I am. Mm -hmm. Well, you see, it isn't just the way he is. It's just the way he put himself together, watching his father do it, watching his uncle do it, and listening to conversations where flailing your hand is part of the deal. Mm -hmm. If he gets that he created himself to be that way, that he's the source of being that way. If it works, keep it. If it's not working for you, you can let it go. Mm -hmm. But you must deny the lies that stop you from letting it go. Mm -hmm. so, this is, you know, so this is really a different way of helping yourself is first knowing there's two of you. And if you're not living the life you dream of living, Stop looking out there in the world and coming up with all the reasons it's not going to happen. And it's all out there. Mm -hmm. born, born on the wrong side of the tracks. I don't have contacts. I'm not smart enough. I'm not tall enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not sexy enough. It's none of that. It mm -hmm. is your opinions about yourself that have you saying that. Mm -hmm. That's your greatest adversity. Mm -hmm. It's the conversation you wake up to in the morning. So that now when I get up in the morning, I do remind myself, put myself back in the mind of what I'm up to. Uh, my first epic was I taught school for 17 years. And then at age 40, I've got a great health plan, great retirement plan. I only need three more years and I could actually leave on re limited retirement and have a, a full lifetime of a great health plan. Age 17 years, I quit. I loved it, but I wanted always to be an entrepreneur and successful and a millionaire. And I quit. And my principal and my colleagues and my friends and my family all said, what are you, out of your mind? Are you crazy? At least hang on for three more years. If you quit now, you have no retirement plan and you have no health plan. I said, I know, but it's time for me to go get on beyond this. I had to die of, I am a school teacher, and I, in order for me to rebirth myself. I am an entrepreneur. I am that, not I will be. By the way, if you say I will be, what are you saying? Mm -hmm. You're saying I'm not that yep. right now. Exactly. Yep. See, when I say I will be happy, I'm saying I'm not happy. I mm -hmm. mean, I can't be. If will be means I will be, then right now means I'm not. So mm -hmm. I had to get to, I am not only fully capable of going out there and starting my own business, and making a million dollars. I am that. I am a millionaire. I am the successful business entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. 
The I amness is what take took me from quitting school and five years later uh, being worth tens of millions of dollars, developing real estate not only only on the East Coast but on the West Coast, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And then I went from that to I love to go to restaurants and restaurants and they're fun and I should own a restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I actually took on, I am a restaurateur, which meant I had to die of, I'm a real estate developer. That was fun. It was exciting. And I'm a restaurateur. And I did that for the next decade. I did that very successfully at that. And now who I am is I am an author and a philosopher. And, and that's what I have given myself to be in this book. The Maestro. I've written five books, most of them not good. This book took me five years to write and 50 years to live so that I might write it to explain mm-hmm. to the world and anybody interested, all those wonderful folks who are interested in helping themselves. First, you got to get, yeah, self-help means there's only one person that can help you, you. Mm-hmm. Others can give you tips and hints. I call those everyday, ordinary, unassuming gurus who come your way and give you a wonderful tip. Half the time, they don't know they're giving you a tip. And if you're listening, you get it. And it becomes a dynamic lesson. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you have to understand that even if your parents and your friends and your teachers and your classmates all told you you were inadequate in some way. Oh, you're stupid. You're dumb. You're a jerk. They can only suggest it. Mm -hmm. You had to buy it by saying it to yourself. Mm. That's so important. Oh, you know, I wouldn't think I was a jerk if my mother didn't call me a jerk. When I was growing up, she was always mad at me and said, you're such a jerk. And now I feel like a jerk. What I want folks to get is when did you decide you were a jerk? Your mother couldn't decide that for you. She could rail out you're a jerk her entire lifetime. But if you decided you weren't, you wouldn't be. So -hmm. if you feel like you are, and by the way, when you feel like you are something, man, you can be good at being that. Both sides of the polarity. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you feel, I, when I was young, I confess my sins that others might learn. I used to exaggerate about things I did to impress you. So I am that I must impress you. This was a conditioned behavior for me, and I was continually obsessed with this conditioned behavior. I must impress you. So, Lindsay, I would meet you, and you'd say, ask me, well, what are you up to? And the first thing I'd have to tell you was, I'm a best-selling book author. Now, I am today, but... I would have said that before I was. Mm -hmm. See, I had to impress you. It didn't matter if I had to lie or exaggerate. Mm -hmm. The problem with me having to impress you by lying and exaggerating is I was reinforcing that I am inferior. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing impressive about me. And if you liked me because you liked me, I thought you liked me because of my exaggeration. So now I secretly hated you because you didn't like me. You like this fictitious character I just sold to you. How mm. dare you? Man, what a trap that is. Yes, major right. vicious cycle. So I got that I am continually obsessed with I've got to impress you. 
I am, I have to impress you. And then I was able to look at it and get, I'm the source of that. I'm the one who has convinced myself that's my job. And it's a lie. Call a marvelous denial. I explain how in the book. Mm-hmm. Call an MD. That's a lie. I'm very impressive without having to impress people. Mm-hmm. And so as I worked on being me and not the exaggerated me I thought I had to be to impress you, all those people I tried to impress, I never impressed because they all realized the fakery of me. We all catch on to other people's acts. Mm-hmm. My God, all of a sudden I found that I was impressing a lot of folks, just being my natural self. So what are you up to? Well, I'm an author now. How's that working out? Well, I've written three books, none of them that good. Uh, and I just wrote a fourth one. Uh, and then I met Margaret. and That was an international bestseller. And now I've written a fifth one, The Maestro Monologue, which is my absolute wonderful best book ever, 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 in my opinion, and I hope I can get it out there. See, and with that kind of authenticity, who can't be impressed? My God, listen to this guy. He's spilling his soul and not afraid of what someone might say because I'm not anymore. Mm -hmm. I actually like me. I mean, imagine getting up every morning to someone you don't like. Mm -hmm. I did. Most people do. Yeah. You know, and you can take it to John Belushi was a very funny comedian movie star who killed himself. Mm-hmm. And he was considered incredibly funny. Uh, Marilyn Monroe, beauty, sexy gal, kill, you know, killed herself. Whether Elvis Presley, whether they did it consciously or they did it unconsciously, they never got from I am inferior, working like heck, trying to impress you. And even if you climb to the top of the heap, It's never high enough if you're coming from that deep driving obsessive need. And Mm. so some of the people who have have accomplished the most end up checking out because they can't stand it because the hole is so deep you can never fill it. Until you get the hole is illusory. It isn't there. You dug it. Mm -hmm. You created something that doesn't exist, Robert J. White. That's my name. And And I must die of the I am that I am that reinforces that. And so that's, uh, you know, this is, this is huge stuff, Lindsay, and I hear you listening. Mm-hmm. And, and because even you, not even you, but if you say, what's this got to do with me? Well, you get, what do I, another big one we all tend to have to do is be right. Mm-hmm. Oh, we hate to be wrong. Mm-hmm. And the reason we hate to be wrong is because it will prove we're flawed. Mm-hmm. So anybody who has to be right at any cost has an inferiority complex of some nature. It's okay to be wrong, but mm-hmm. we think it isn't okay to be wrong. We think it's bad to be wrong. We noticed my mother was never wrong. And so therefore, and she's, and when I was a little kid and I didn't know any better, and look at her. She's one of the greatest persons in the world. She's never wrong about anything. So mm-hmm. I get it. I got to learn to be right about everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I lose a lot of friends and even wonderful business acquaintances with, with, that, with that act? Mm. Uh, so this is it. All of these were thrown to be wanting to be right, insisting we're always right. Mm-hmm. That, that is something human beings get caught in. And human beings who grow beyond that find their lives expand in such ways that they really love expressing themselves and experiencing that expression. Mm -hmm. 
folks who get caught in that can spend their whole lifetime going down that tunnel and you don't get much cheese down that tunnel. You know the story about the rat and the the college freshman, don't you? No, tell me that one. Well, what's the, uh, so um, Freud said, what's the difference between a rat and a college freshman? Mm. Well, if you put a rat in a maze and there's five tunnels and you put the cheese in the third tunnel, the rat will go down the first, nothing, second, nothing, third, there's the cheese. Whoopee, take them out. Next day, put it in the third tunnel. First, nothing, second, nothing, third, whoopee. Third day, put them in right to the third tunnel, whoopee. Fourth, right to the third, whoopee. Fifth, take the cheese out of the third tunnel, put it in the fifth. The rat will go down the third, nothing there, comes out, was down the first, nothing there, go out, down the second. Out, down the fourth, out, down the fifth, whoopee. A college freshman, which is any human being, Mm-hmm. When you put the cheese down the third tunnel and then you take it out and put it somewhere else, they spend their lifetime going down the third tunnel looking for the cheese because they've got to be right. Mm. And how many of us spend our whole lifetime going down some tunnel where there is no cheese, but mm-hmm. we insist it's there because once it was there, Once when I was a little kid, I had a temper tantrum, Lindsay, and I got what I wanted. Do you know that when I was 21 and 23 and 27, I still had temper tantrums and I wasn't getting what I wanted, but I still insisted I'd go down the tunnel called temper tantrum Mm -hmm. to get what I wanted. It took me to like age 30 to finally get, Rob, you're 30. When are you going to wake up? There is no cheese down the temper tantrum tunnel anymore. Mm-hmm. When you were three, yeah, there you got your way. You're 30. No one's interested in your temper tantrum. <laughs> See? These are, yeah. you know, these are wonderful, insightful moments which have us have breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Breaking through the I am that isn't me, that I insist is me. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the intruder, the unwanted mental house guest with its howling nose, breaking through that to get to an I am I'd like to be, which is the maestro ever offering you new opportunities to be one possibility after the other. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, you know, you are wonderful listening and, and uh, I see it's 10, 10, 28. So I can't believe I spotted on for a half hour and didn't give you much oh. breathing space. Oh, no, I was enjoying all of it. I, I, I thought it was absolutely amazing. And um, I've covered a little bit about that topic as well with the ego and, you know, how you have to kind of, we well, the ego dies anyways, but sometimes we have to consciously let that go in regards to whatever identity that's blocking us from what it is we want to achieve. So I was just totally soaking everything in of what you're saying. And um, I think the biggest thing that I really loved that you said was that, you know, when you come up with that negative self-talk, which is going to happen because it's kind of like our, that old record playing, it's just there um, confronting that versus just slapping on, a different affirmation without really understanding the why behind why are you saying that to yourself? Where does that come from? 
so that you can kind of clear it out versus covering it up. So I love that you mentioned that about, you know, confronting the lie. You know, I love that clear it out rather than uh, confronting it and thinking you're going to beat it up because right. the more you adamantly oppose, if I feel inferior and I say I'm not inferior, now that that's not calling an MD. That's reinforcing I am inferior. Mm-hmm. What MD marvelous denial is, uh, I see you in there, the other self, and I hear what you're up to, uh, and I'm not going to buy it. I'm not buying I'm inferior. Mm-hmm. I, and, you know, it's talking to yourself about yourself in a, in a kindly, gentle way, acknowledging you feel inferior, and that's because the intruder, the ego, your conditioned thinkings, the howling nose that I speak of in the book are those old recordings. Mm-hmm. Whenever they have an opportunity, whenever the intruder sees something happening right now, it is similar to something that happened when you were three or four or five. It will jump on that and try to throw you back into that mood. By the way, here's something as we complete that I think is powerful, Lindsay. You have not had a trauma happen to you since age five. Between two and five, all your traumas happen. Mm. Anything that's happened after that is something that reminds you of a trauma between two and five, and you're reacting to that. Mm. If you were to actually respond to what's happening right now, you would find that the traumatic experience would go from a 10 down to a two. But you're not reacting to what's happening right now. You're reacting to what it's reminding you of when you were five or four or three or two unconsciously. I get you don't remember consciously what it is. Mm -hmm. So you're now back there wailing out from that. Mm. There is nothing that can happen to Lindsay today that can throw you into a tailspin 10. Oh, something can upset you to even a four and Mm -hmm. maybe a five. Mm-hmm. But when it goes up to 10 and you're just out of control, sad or angry or resentful or whatever it may be, that's not what's happening right now that did that to you. That's the old recording that the intruder put on It throw you back to age two. And that can happen. Traffic jams. I see people be, have temper tantrums and traffic jams pounding their wheel. That's not a 40-year-old person driving the car. That's mm-hmm. a three-year-old person driving the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could see that. And I think, uh, like, as we age and we're become more consciously aware of things, sometimes we get bigger events that happen, but the origin or the nature of the event still can relate to something from our childhood. Well spoken. Yes. Yes, we can have, you know, when my dog died when I was four, mm-hmm. Bell, oh my God, first death, really difficult for me to uh, handle. Mm-hmm. Even today, if I'm watching a movie and a dog dies, uh, I'm embarrassed. I start crying and I get it's my four-year-old crying. I mean, I'm watching mm-hmm. TV. It's an act. The dog didn't die. They just said, sit, lay down whatever they said, and the dog looked like it was dead. But I can get that Mm. rationally, logically, but emotionally, I can't handle it still Mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. And and knowing that, though, I can handle it. See, knowing that, I can can handle it. I get, okay, 
I get on being four once again, and mm-hmm. then I can get a grip on myself and continue to, sometimes I used to have to get up and leave the room. I can't finish watching this movie mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So a lot of good stuff, isn't it, uh, Lindsay? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just always great, even if you know a little bit about it or you heard it before, having the confirmation and the reinforcement, hearing it from a different perspective always makes it even 10 times more powerful. So I am so appreciative of everything you shared and all of your time. And I know that you're, I'm so interested in your book. How can someone find it or, or get a hold of it? Well, thank you. Uh, the Maestro Monologue, you can get it where all great books are. Uh, I, I don't mean my book is great, but all good books are found. I think my book is great. But I'm sure it is. So, uh, and, you know, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, on my website, RobWhiteMedia.com. Very interesting information there. And thank you. I have to run now. And what a wonderful conversation. Oh, yeah. No, it was awesome. Thank you so much, Rob. And you have a wonderful rest of your day. You too, Lindsay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.